On today's podcast, from the North Wahala Church of God, Pastor Neil brings a message from Galatians chapter 2 entitled, The Inconsistent Church. Today's message is from Sunday morning, February 18, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. Would you stand with me, please? If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Galatians. We have just completed our series on the mystery of intimacy. And thank you so much for your kind comments. And it was a series that really was very personal to me and the challenge that God put in my own life to, for me as a minister to stay in his presence. You look good in God's house, amen? In fact, you look better here than if you would have stayed home. You would not look this good, amen? I'm just, I'm just being truthful. Look to your neighbor and tell them they look good in God's house, amen? Amen. Roy, you even look better. Amen. Amen. Please be with us this evening for our youth service. I expect our elders to be here because you desire for the power of Pentecost in this church to continue. I need you in the altar. I need you with me. I want to see my son in the altar. I want to see you full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I need our, our more mature saints here tonight. Last week we had a singing, and I would say probably more of our elder saints enjoy that style, and I understand that. It's their roots, it's their, it's their heart. But our young people were here, so now we're going to flip it. We're going to do it the other way, and that's what we do in our church, because it's just not designed for one group of people. It's designed for the community, for everyone, amen? And some services you're going to like more than others, that's all right. That's okay. But if you hang in here, you'll find something you like, Amen. If not, just look at my lovely wife. That's a good enough reason to come right there. Amen. I'm trying. I'm still on a Valentine's high right now. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 2. Let's get there quickly before I get in trouble today. I do have a word for you. This is something that I prepared a season ago. And the Spirit of God reminded me of a scripture and something that I overlooked for you personally. This is not a rebuke, and I want to get that out to you. Sometimes when I preach, the word will be strong, and you take it personally in the fact that, is the pastor mad at me? I'm not mad at you. But if the word is preached properly, it's going to challenge. It's meant to. So I'm not going to apologize for that, but I do want to put you on notice that for us to accomplish our mission, we cannot compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can leave my tie off and that's okay. Tonight, the young people may come in blue jeans and that's okay. We can change the carpet. We can put wood up here and that's okay. We're, we're working on our media, about to bring some new things to you. That's okay. But the word can never be tampered with. It's good all by itself. So go with me. Galatians chapter two. We'll pick up in verse 11, please. Joey, thank you. Joey always does an outstanding job, Amen. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, or his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, and I thought that was significant there, and he would eat with the Gentiles, that's you and I, but when they came, this religious group, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. Watch this though. So that even Barnabas, the leader here, pastor or church leader, was carried away with hypocrisy. 
But when I saw that they were not straightforward, that's where we get the word orthopedic, when a bone is set right or made to be straight. That's where we get that word from. When they were not straightforward or set right in their walk about the, and this is the part, the truth of the gospel. I don't want you to hear me. Your convenience and your preference should not be catered to by me over the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I don't know who started clapping, but I owe you lunch this week. If you'll let me know after church, amen. I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew, and this is what I missed, live in the manner of the Gentiles. He was saying, you don't even live like you used to. And not as the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as the Jews? He was saying, hypocrite, bishop, apostle, you're asking people to do what you don't even do yourself. We who are Jews by nature, and talking about them too, and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. I could go on and on but for time's sake we will stop there. I want to preach just for a few moments the inconsistent church. The inconsistent church. Church. As we go to prayer this morning, I want God to anoint me greatly. I also want to recognize a tragedy that happened in Florida. And also, I want to recognize also a young lady by the name of Kaylee that we are still ministering right here at our church. I was with them last Sunday afternoon and throughout the week uh, with phone calls and ministry. There are also some other issues in our community of, and it seems like evil is rampant, doesn't it? That's why we need a church in revival. That's why we need the gospel to be preached. So we remember those in prayer. Stretch your hand this way. Pastor Russell, please ask God to anoint me greatly, please. Well, once again, we thank you for this opportunity we have to be in your house. We ask you right now to touch Pastor Neil. You'll give him the words that you would have him to say. Lord, you'll touch our hearts and our ears to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, let us take this word and let us apply it to our lives. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The inconsistent church. I love the church, not just North Wahala. I'm talking about the church. And if we go back to the infancy of the church, it is amazing to see that from the day of Pentecost forward, to see a church grow and even in spite of itself at times, Pastor Wade, when they didn't even know how to elect officials accordingly. They were casting lots at one time, and it seems like that by Scripture not highlighting that man anymore, it's almost like they got ahead of God, so to speak. I can't prove that. You can't disprove it. But later on, we will see that that man not be highlighted in ministry, but God would raise up a, a, a murderer by the name of Saul and convert him to Paul, and he would become an apostle in the church. 
And when this church, it seemed like couldn't get out of their way and they did not understand the fullness of, of going to Judea and Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth and even Jerusalem, God had to allow controversy or, or pressure or, 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 or the outside world to come against them to get them out of Jerusalem because you know us saints, if something is good, we'll stay right there and sing kumbaya to Jesus comes. So God had to let adversity come to get the church up and to be about the Father's business. This church so powerful that God refused to let anything be existent there that would cause it to get off the rails. One time when a man and woman lied in the presence of the Holy Spirit right in the middle of the church about the offering that they were not even required to give only so much but they that want to promote themselves, Ananias and Sapphira, that they stood in the presence of the Lord and the apostle asked one of them, is this so? Is it true? Yes, it's true. And while they were waiting to be uplifted in the church, the Bible said he fell dead right in the middle of the church. I want to tell you, people would start repenting this morning if a liar fell dead in the house of the Lord this morning. Don't point fingers. God was so protective of his church that he refused to let, even in his infancy, to allow somebody or something get it off the rails. One time when the Hellenistic Jews and others were confronting each other about favoritism in the church, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost said, be still and elect me some men full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom to take care of the daily activities of the church. What God was letting you and I know that nothing, nothing, nothing will come against his church and stop his church, no time, nowhere, and in no situation. <laughs> this embassy church, that even the preachers, which I love, refuse to get the praise, but always give praise back to God. It was hindered at times, but it was powerful. It would be pressed against, but it would go forward. When the buildings would be cast down, they would just go to another city and raise up a greater church. Why? Because the Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against God and his church. The enemy may have been powerful, but he was not all powerful. And because of this church, kingdoms are changed. Kings are set down. Others are raised up. Sin is pushed down and it becomes up under the blood. And those who come upon the fountain of Emmanuel's veins are transformed. And generations that follow them are transformed because when God separates somebody from sin, he separates them in totality and gives them a brand new life in his power. Let me set this up. In Galatians chapter two, the book of Galatians is written to us because God wants us to walk in freedom. He who the son is set free is what? Free indeed. What was happening here, Paul was hearing of the church that they were adding some things to the people of God. They had to go by the cross, but they also had to be circumcised. They had to do this and they had to worship on the new moon and the old moon and the new Sabbath and the old Sabbath. And what they were doing were, they were saying Christ is okay, but Christ is not enough. So they had to add things to this Jesus. And when Paul hears of this, knowing of what he came from, because Paul said, I once preached these rudiments and I once preached this weaker gospel. I once preached this and I realized that I was hindering the work of God when God knocked me off my beast. Tucked away in this great book where Paul is trying to bring them to freedom and peace. There is this great battle between two giants of the faith. This is Ali and Frazier. This is Clemson and... Ca no, not Carolina. I better pick somebody else. Uh, this, 
Georgia, I guess. You understand what I'm saying? This is the giants of the faith who are about to come in confrontation and it would be one-sided. In verse nine, we understand that there was agreement between these two men. One would go after the Jews and one would go after the Gentiles. And Paul, being Jew himself, saw it not as a slight, but understood this, that he was an apostle to the Gentiles and those that he once killed, now he's about to redeem them through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul would give to you and I what the, they thought they only had by themselves. That's why you and I could come today red and yellow, black and white, rich and poor. Doesn't matter the social class or the social status. It doesn't matter if you're the queen of Facebook or the queen of Egypt. You can still be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and be one in this church and one in this body. There's a conflict between these two. In verse nine, they're in agreement, but by verse 11, they are in conflict, church. What happens is this. This man by the name of Simon Peter who received the vision, Pastor Russell, when God said, rise, son, kill and eat, in the book of Acts, he said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. He says, son, what I call clean, don't you call unclean. But God, I have obeyed your word of the old covenant. I have obeyed my parents. I have obeyed my, my priests. I have obeyed everyone. And now, God, you're trying to change up on me. And what God was letting him know, I'm not changing up on you because I can never change. I am who I am. But when the fullness of time came, I sent my son. And what you don't understand is that I'm kicking the door open now. And it's not just going to be for an elect group of people. He was saying to him that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not just white people in high houses. Not just black people in back alleys. Not just Hispanic people from Mexico. Not just Jews or Gentiles. He was saying what I'm about to do to this world nobody has ever done. Not politicians. Not Republicans. Not Democrats. Not Trump. Not Obama. I know I'm making somebody mad but just buckle up because you'll get over by the time you leave because I'm not here preaching on my soapbox and I'm not here preaching something that I heard off of Fox or CNN. I come out of a prayer closet to preach what the word of the Lord says to his church. The church. I know what you're thinking. We elected the wrong preacher, but just I'm telling you, I've come too far now to compromise this word. He says to him, listen to me. He says, the man that received the vision who walked in it now by the book of Galatians chapter two, something happens and I want to take up for him just for a moment. What was happening, church, is this, Brother Brad, that when the word was going forth, now God is saving Jew and Gentile. And not only were they meeting for the Lord's Supper, they were also meeting for the, what they call the common meal. You know all this. You have higher education than I do. And so what happened, you being Jew and you being Gentile, we were all eating together. So Brother Cobb, when they would walk in, people would look and say, how can they eat together? The same way that you can sit beside an alcoholic and a drug addict, and you can sit beside them now and say, I used to be just like you. And if God can do it for me, then God can do it for you. But pastor, you want me to let them sing in the choir. I don't want to let them, I want to encourage them. 
because they're your children and your grandchildren and my brothers and my father, you understand? And we've got to take off our religious mask and quit playing what he calls the hypocrite and set our feet straight because I'm telling you, meth is running through our county. Drugs are running through our county and our kids are addicted to it and the church is afraid. We are afraid to stand up and say, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? Listen. So Simon is there with them and they're eating together. And I look at him and I'll say this, give me some of that fried chicken. We can eat fried chicken now, amen. Okay, you don't eat fried chicken. Okay, I'm not, what do you, you want a health kick, right? I, I'm not eating cauliflower, I'll tell you that right now, that's not happening. <laughs> and so we're eating together and all of a sudden the Bible says that there came a group, not from hell, so to speak, and not from the club, and not from the country western bar when you're going up the mountain, going up to out there, I'll, I'll stop, anyway, amen. <laughs> not from Oconee County, but from James. Here comes these religious people who are saying to them now, what are you doing, Simon? You being Simon, what are you doing? Are you not understanding what's happening back in Jerusalem? I know what's happening here at Antioch, but I'm gonna touch on this in a moment. I think there was good intentions maybe here, but do you not understand what you are doing? You can't do this in public. You've gotta separate yourself. So this is what Simon does. He succumbs to this pressure. And when they were around, he would withdraw himself and just eat with the Jewish people. I'm not putting them down. You gotta understand the scripture here. It is for all. He would just eat with them. And when they would leave, he would come back again and say, hey boys, what's up, man? Sorry I had to be away for a little while. Mama called me, you know, my baby. Well, anyway, and so they would go. But as soon as they would come back, then he would drift away again and start talking religion. You know how we do. You know how we do. You know, when they're telling that dirty joke at work and the preacher's not around, the deacons are not around, we laugh a little bit and we comment it and we, we add that joke, not rated R, we just make it PG-13. But as soon as one of those old grannies come around the church, here comes Carolyn Morgan walking around Ingalls. Next thing we knew, we come back over here. Oh, brother, let me tell you. And they think you're crazy because one minute you were speaking bitter and now you're trying to speak sweet. And the world's going, is he crazy? He was just talking about the fair he was having. And that woman with that gray hair and that bun her head walked up and now he's talking about the Holy Ghost. And Paul looks at him and says, what are you doing? Brother Nola, I don't think there should be confrontation. Your inconsistencies will always bring confrontation. That's next week. Inconsistency will always bring confrontation. Stop paying your house payment and watch the confrontation that comes. Hello? Quit paying your truck payment today. Just go ahead, quit paying it, see what happens. There's gonna be an inconsistency and a confrontation when they pull up to your truck and they hook it up and you start blaming the devil, blaming the preacher. It's not the devil, no, the preacher. It's your inconsistency in your paybook or your checkbook because you didn't do what you said you were gonna do. See what I'm saying? Inconsistencies, right? Stop dating your wife. Hello? Stop calling your children. And then when they don't want to talk to you, you can't blame anybody there because it's your inconsistency in your walk, right? That's what's happening right here. Don't get quiet. Look to your neighbor and say, don't get quiet. Would you do that for me, please? For some reason, they got quiet. So what happens now is this. Listen to me. This giant of the faith, he comes at them. Why? Because 
at the table of God, everybody is welcome. And now the picture is not the oneness of the table, but the division of the house. Jew here, Gentile there. Billy Graham said the most segregated time in America is at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Black church here, white church there, Hispanic church there, Asian church there, and then we have the audacity to take up world missions offered to get missions credit so the North Wahala Church of God can look like it's a mission-minded church. That's good. I love missions. But if you step over the mission field here to get to the mission field there, what have you done for the kingdom of God? Listen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This group now wants to put his pressure. They want to go back. Paul said, how can we go back to the beggarly things? Because anything compared to the gospel is a beggarly thing. I've tried everything but the gospel. But when I tried the gospel, it got me off of the women and the alcohol and everything else. Are you listening to me this morning? What my granddaddy and daddy could not defeat, the cross of Calvary has already defeated in Jesus' name. If left unchecked, this would have took root in the church. And if it would have took root in the church, it is not the picture of Pentecost. It is not Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. This is the Holy Ghost, the Godhead, the three-in-one, seen throughout history saying this, if this is unchecked now, it will divide the church in 2018. So Paul, you deal with it. But he's a bishop. Deal with it. But, but it's going to embarrass Simon Peter for a while. Deal with it. Why? Because the blood makes us one. What's amazing about this? And this public display of rebuke. Paul's word is to him to simply say, walk right. You know what to do. Walk straight. That's the orthopedic word. Verse, verse 14, he says, you're asking people to do what you don't even do yourself. Let me get to my points. Pastor Neil, what's the big deal? I'm glad you asked. First of all, it is a theological downfall that will lead to theological error that will have people in 2018 believing that Jesus Christ is not sufficient. Listen to me. You don't have to go back to your old church. You don't have to pay your old preacher. You don't have to say this or do that or do this or do that. You don't have to be uncircumcised or uncircumcised, but you do have to be circumcised in the heart. See, he wasn't abolishing circumcision. He was abolishing circumcision of the flesh because you could cut your flesh and still be on the way to hell. I know many people that wear ties and bow ties and dresses, but they don't know the Lord that I know. They're racist, they're full of hate, they don't go to church, they don't love themselves, nor you. But their name's on a roll book of a church somewhere and some charlatan along the way has convinced them that they can cuss, lie, cheat, do whatever and still go to heaven and never darken the doors of a church. Preacher, you saying I have to go to church? No, I'm saying if you say you wanna go to church. 
Not new moon, not old moon, not old Sabbath, but Jesus, Jesus. He was good enough for Simeon when he said, my eyes have seen my salvation. He was good enough in the temple at 12. He was good enough for the woman that had five husbands and was living with a man and every other man wanted to kiss on her neck. But Jesus came along and said, woman, I'm not trying to take from you, I'm trying to give to you. He was good enough for her and he's good enough for you today. He was good enough for the woman that was left naked, caught in the act of adultery, and he's good enough for your situation this morning at the Wahala Church of God. I don't need another God. I don't need an add-on. I don't need a God in perfume. I don't need a God with a crystal. I don't need a God with philosophy. I just need Jesus Christ in my life. He's the same, the same God, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. He's Jesus. He's the same. He'll break your chain this morning. He'll put your house back together. He'll get you off what you done last night and give you a new transformed mind and body. He'll write your name in a place that the devil cannot touch. It's still Jesus Christ and he's still worthy to be preached. If this is left unchecked, it brings theological error. It allows us to bring an addendum or addition to Jesus Christ. And this is not right. And also then by doing this, it will let the Gentile believers know that outcasts are not accepted in the house of the Lord. The misfit toys of the Christmas season must be done away with. Oh, but here's the good news. For the little girl that I've been praying with by the name of Kaylee, I can't wait till she comes to the North Wahala Church of God. For the divorced mom in here that you're raising your child all by yourself and the church is through stone at you and they don't even know your story, I say to you, come into the house of the Lord. To the single father who's raising your child the best you can, and people have lied on you, they don't even know the truth, but you still come to church, I say to you, keep going, man of God. To the little girl that was touched wrong, and to the, the child that your mom and dad left you, now you're raised by people that are not your parents, and you feel like that you don't belong because your dress is not pure white. I tell you today, welcome to the house of the Lord. Every outcast in this society is welcome. To those that have tattoos all over your body, and you don't feel at home anywhere else, I say to you this morning, welcome to the house house of the Lord. This God loves you. He died for you. He will save you in this house. To the woman who had an abortion in your teenage years and it haunts you every night, I say to you, come sit at this table. You are welcome at the table of the Lord. His grace is sufficient for you. Don't you miss another night of sleep and rest. You rest in the arms of Almighty God. Not only would it bring theological error, but verse 13 said, others followed in the way. Even leadership The Bible said a little leaven spoils the whole loaf. I know some of you, when you buy bread, I know where I'm at, and it gets that little black spot on it. My bride will say this. She'll say, it's okay, just pull that little spot off. No, 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 no. This church takes care of me well. I'm going back to Ingalls, you understand? Sister Nolan's from Kershaw. You just have to go there to understand what I'm saying. She'll pull that little spot off, but I believe if that little spot touched that other piece of bread, they both got spots. <laughs> I know what you try to do. You put a little butter there and throw it in a frying pan and in a black. No, anyway, you understand. It spoils. So if the leader is going in error, you know how preachers today, when they ask to say whether or not Jesus is the way, 
and they get tripped on their tongue because we're worried about who is in the house, right? Some things, I don't know, some things may be a little gray, but some things should be right and wrong. Is he the only way? Yes. No other way. The tabernacle has one door in the Old Testament. There is no back door. There is no other way around. There's one door. It's multifaceted and multicolored because it represents humanity and it's not wooden. It is open there where you can push in. It represents that all can come to Jesus Christ. There should be some things that are right, but today, because of our inconsistencies, children are picking up on this, and it's okay if the moms and dad are lost. They don't know better, but for you and I who know better, how can we give this to our children? Simon, all these people are watching you. They're following you. Listen to me. You have influence, ma'am, and you have influence, father. Hello? Tell me, throw this, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Your child is struggling with an issue on the computer. Don't you rebuke him so much that you can't tell him the truth. You let him know how God brought you out of that. I feel this. Wife, if your husband comes to you with an issue, don't condemn him to hell. If he's coming to you, that bridge is there of trust because he is needing your assistance and help and vice versa from woman to man. Instead of us taking a hierarchy and proving how holy we are, why can't we extend a level of grace and say, if God can get me through what I went through, God can get you through this right here. <laughs> Stay with me, I got eight minutes. I'm taking them, folks. This will bring another generation but Brother Nolan, I was born this way. Pastor Nolan, this is what I was taught when I was a child. Listen to me. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I don't care what was taught to you. If it goes against scripture, it is wrong. Wrong. Wrong yesterday. Wrong today and wrong tomorrow. And I believe what God is doing at North Walhalla is trying to get us ready for a harvest. Brother Nolan, you're low in our standards. There is no higher standard than the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no higher standard. We are not trophies for the world to see. We are trophies for God to see. Hello? I knew when I was growing up, some of you may not understand this, but it wasn't about how we lived. It was how we looked, right? My dad, I'm hoping, is going to come in a few weeks. And so he's saved now, so I can say this. He could cuss all the way to church. But as soon as we hit the Baptist church parking lot, it was like he got saved. <laughs> Joey was like this right here, quick rhyme, with a few other words. And we couldn't wear blue jeans, we had to wear our best because we had to let all our family and all our friends in my small society hill town know that we had it together. We had money, we had prestige, and nobody ever fussed at my home. And that was not the truth. And it didn't matter if we were righteous, we just had to look righteous. We just had to fake it. And we're teaching another generation that. And Paul says to Simon Peter, this inconsistency can not be. Then it would bring division in the church. Christ didn't die for a divided church, Christ died for one church. 
Secondly, Brother Nolan, why did Simon do this? Real quickly, because he was afraid. The Bible says it clearly. Verse 12, it said he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those of the circumcision. Why? This man preached on the day of Pentecost. This man, a shadow, people would walk in the shadow and they would be healed. You listening? This man was a powerful man that angels would escort him out of prisons, but yet he's afraid of losing his clout in the church. Oh, I'm ready for a few ministers. A few ministers. I find myself saying this last night. I was on the phone with another minister. I said, Am I, do you feel like you're just tired of everybody looking out for themselves and nobody cares about the flock of God anymore? We don't even ask God if, we, if he's moving us. We just call somebody to move us. Hello? We don't even pray about church. Pastor Preston, don't preach a sermon. We lie. We just leave. We don't ask ourselves, yeah, God, are you speaking to me? God, are you challenging me to be better? I'm here to challenge you to be great, not good. Good is not accepted. I don't want you to be good. I want you to be holy and great because you've got kingdom in you. You've got kingdom mentality. You've got a call of God in your life. I don't want our teenagers just to get to heaven. I want them to flow in their ministry. But what we do is we allow this to happen and we're afraid. We're afraid to have a youth service because somebody might get upset. I'm not afraid. They need what we have. We want them to look good. Don't get pregnant. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do this. Don't do this. And then we tell them, we'll give you one service a year. That your children, you want them or not. We'll give you one service a year. But when you have that service, you've got to sing my song. Right? That's not what you did. That's not what the church of God did when we started. We rebelled. We were rebellious. The church of God said there's got to be more to church than what we're doing. There's got to be more. We want what they call the Holy Ghost. So they went to a backside of a mountain and they prayed till the Holy Ghost came down and then we came out and the towns and the cities said, y'all got to get out of here because there's something different about you. And now we're telling our kids, we want you in church, but we want you right here. Listen to me. I, I, I cry in the Holy Ghost. I used to fall out in the Holy Ghost. These kids, they don't do that anymore. They jump up and down like this right here. I'm too fat to jump up and down. But you hear me tonight in this youth service. If my son gets filled with the Holy Ghost, I'll jump up and down all over this house, and I don't care what you think. You want to know why? Because they need the fullness of God, and they need a church that will let them have the fullness of God. Brother Nolan, sometimes their music's loud. Yes, it is. But I'd rather them be loud in church than loud in the world. Brother Nolan, sometimes they wear crazy colors. Yes, they do. I don't understand it. When I come, men wore black and blue, and that's about it. You understand, Charles? That's it. Men didn't wear pink. Now these kids, they look like a, a rainbow coming in. You understand what I'm saying? But let me tell you something. If we could get them to the altar and see God come in their life, it'll change them. But listen to me, and I know my time has lapsed. They are not coming to church with hypocrisy. And they're not coming to church with you telling them that they, they can bring their friends. And when they bring their friends, and their friends don't look like you, and don't smell like you, and don't talk like you. Brother, we're afraid what might come in the church. We should never be afraid what might come in the church. If the church is on fire and walking in the spirit, he will give us discernment and power to protect his church. You don't have to act like you're the doorkeeper of the church. There's already a doorkeeper of the church and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Listen, 
Not only this, but earthly DNA. Listen, I'm gonna take up him real quick. I believe Simon Peter was taught this way. I believe pressure came. And I believe it was hard for him to change this. And I believe that he did not keep his foot on the devil's neck. And it came back. In the climate of America today, it is easy to allow outside controversies become the palate and the agenda of the church. I want you to hear me. I will never preach what I read in USA Today. Never. Never. You will not persuade me. I'm going to preach the word. What we're doing is, one of my good friends is a, a white man who pastors a 90% African-American church. They run about 700. And he preaches the word. And people show up and they say, how can this happen? He says, only thing I do is preach the word. Because when you preach the word, we're all one in Jesus' name. I think, I think Simon thought what he was doing was right. I think he thought that the gospel, if modified, could be more effective. You don't have to change the gospel. Well, Brother Nolan, if we could just get you to do this or that. Listen, I am who I am. I mean, if you want me to wear skinny jeans, I guess I can do it. <laughs> I guess. I ain't wearing spandex for none of you. I'm gonna tell you that right now, though. <laughs> uh, if you want to dye my hair, if you think that's gonna draw more people, but there's not much to dye. I mean, I don't understand. You understand? I'm not piercing anything for nobody because I'm scared. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this: I, I don't. That's you. But the gospel should not be changed. When I was in the hospital with that young girl recently, I told her the gospel, brother Ronnie, the gospel. The gospel. And Paul says to him, as Danny, as you begin to play, Paul says this, he says, you don't have to change this. I don't care what they're telling you in Jerusalem. You stand on the word. I also believe he changed because his mind was not made up. We need some people to make up their minds today that they're gonna stand for the truth. And when you stand for the truth, no matter what pressure comes, you know who you are, you know what you believe. I can worship with Southern Gospel. I can worship praise and worship. I want to see the kids do drama. That, none of that bothers me. I am who I am. But let me tell you, when it comes to this word, it should be preached without compromise. It's the, what has the power. Simon, it's not okay. It's not okay. I'm just doing it when they come. It's not okay. You just made those people feel less than. The beauty of the gospel is that nobody is too far out of the reach of God. And the book of Galatians is sent to you and I to let us know we don't need anything else. If I am faithful to God when he calls me home at 99, I want them to say one thing about me. He preached the word. If they can say that, I started out that way, I want to end that way. I don't want to be bought out. I don't want to have something dangled in my face to, for me to compromise. I don't want them, the church of God to offer me something where I've got to change what I believe. I already feel uncomfortable in many circles already. I feel different. I feel weird. 
I look for preachers to talk the word with and I start talking the word and they get off the phone. I don't understand. I feel out of place, Mark, I really do. I say that not for sympathy, but for truth. But something, Charles, still burns in me. It burns like a fire to let your children and your grandchildren know there's a place for you at the table. At the table. Your child that's lost, your child that's strung out, your granddaughter who's pregnant, your boss man who's lost, there's a place for you. And when you come in, when I'm around my church buddies, I'm not gonna talk about you, but we're gonna celebrate you. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? Inconsistencies are why we lost a generation of young people. Listen to me. We told them they couldn't wear certain things, but then they saw us gossip and we lost them. My mind goes to a young girl in Darlington. We told her she couldn't wear certain things, but then we saw them lie and steal in church and we lost her. But what would happen if we say I'm nobody and I'm not perfect, but let me tell you this, I serve a God who's made me clean and if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Amen. That's the beauty of the gospel. Father, I've preached your word. It's a challenging word, not a hard word, but a challenging word to a great church that's on the verge of seeing things that I believe we haven't seen in a season. And while there are devils that God now are strategically at work, there is also the third person of the Godhead that's already been at work. It's almost like a chess game in the minds of some humans. And the devil is right now setting up things to bring us down, but greater is he that's in us. Oh, Father, give us victory. Let us be consistent in walk and theory and thought and theology that we can present this church in a way that those will come home. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's a person in this house that would say, Pastor, you spoke to me. I want to know this God that you spoke about. Would you step out? If you're not saved this morning, you've got to begin to walk this consistent walk. And we will help you. Would you step out by faith? Is there anybody here that will say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I, I want to be saved. Come on, step out right now. I'll wait on you. I'm already up here. There's no need to be embarrassed. I'm here waiting on you. Would you come out? Young person, older gentleman in the house that needs the Lord, would you step out by faith? One would say, I'm lost, Pastor. All right? Secondly, this is what I want to do. If somebody would say, Pastor, I hear God in my ear challenging me to do more, to become more, to present the gospel more, but I've got to line up my life accordingly. And I just want you to lay your hand on me in prayer. Would you step out right now? Come on, don't be afraid. I, I know somebody say, it's going to take somebody, a big man to do that. Why? Who cares what people think? Come on, come on. I, I, I lost that a long time ago. Amen, Jose. Amen. Amen. One of our ministers. Amen. 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 There's other men. Look at the men that are coming. Wow, look at the men that are coming. That's what I'm talking about, the men that are coming. Ladies, we need to give God praise for what's happening in this house. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have some young ladies that are over here. I need some ladies to help me, please. Ladies, I want to help these. We love these young ladies. They're a part of our church. This is what I'm preaching about this morning. These young ladies that are over here to my right, you may not know their story, but let's just say uh, God's brought them through some winding roads to us. They are a part of our church, amen? And we love them. We love them, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. God just needs a consistent church. God just needs a consistent church. That's all he needs. There's going to be some up and downs. There's going to be some turns. Some Sundays attendance is great. There's going to be some lows and all this. God just needs a consistent church that says, whoever you bring, Lord, we're going to love them and disciple them. Amen. I will lay my hands. I need deacons and elders, pastors to help me. We're going to lay hands on a few people. Will you worship with our minister of music, please? Be consistent in your walk. Try, strive to be like the Lord. Present yourself, amen, and watch what God will do in your life. Ministry is not Sunday. Ministry is every day of the week, amen? Just give me a church that loves people and loves God and cuts out the chaos and we'll win many people in Oconee County. Can somebody say amen, amen? Can we give God the biggest hand of praise? <laughs> Pastor Russell, if you go to the front door to all our visitors, Welcome, we're so glad, Brother Long, once again, so good to have you with us. To the Putnam's, welcome home, amen. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday, amen. Bring Brinkley with you. We love Brinkley, she is a sweetheart. Brinkley, can you wave at me? Can you wave? <laughs> amen, amen. We miss them so much, we love her, Nolan. Uh, wonderful, wonderful people. I believe Scotty and Melissa are on an um, anniversary. I about said honeymoon. Anniversary, amen. So good to have her home with us. She has grown up. She's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. Tonight, 515 prayer meeting, cross the road. I'll be leading that. Can't wait. Six o'clock service. Please be here. And a um, special word to our young people, a challenge to them tonight. So be here for that. We've had to move some things around. And actually, I'm going to give them a challenging word myself to our young people this evening. Something the Lord's put in my spirit for them to challenge them for greatness, not tomorrow, but now. So be here for that. All hearts and minds clear. Let me do one more thing. Is Chafin still here? Is Chafin still here? He requested prayer. He must have left. His grandparent is in the hospital, and it doesn't look good right now. So in our closing prayer, we want to uh, remember him and his family. Also, Christian, over here, this is Ruthie's oldest son. So good to have you back with us today. Welcome home. I want to update you quickly. Their home that he had, it burnt. It burnt down. They're needing some assistance right now. What they need, if anybody knows of a place to rent, uh, they would greatly appreciate just a conversation right after church. It's what we do. We're the church. Here's a need. So let's see if anybody has something that you know of. If you will see them right after church, that will be greatly appreciated. Amen. Before I pray, last thing, our deacons have voted. We're going to replace some air conditioner units. It's already been set. We have one that is done with, and um, we're not going to patch it anymore. It's about 22 years old. Am I correct on that? Which is a miracle. It's lasted that long. Uh, we're going to replace them. So starting tomorrow, if you come for any reason, you're welcome every day to come. Some come pray each day. But when you come in the back, they're going to start working on things to get things in order. We're hoping to have this completed in the next two to three weeks. Um, so just know that if you come to the church and it seems like a lot's going on, we're fixing to do a lot of upgrades, okay? There's going to be some new things, media upgrades. 
outside for your TVs and things that are coming, air conditioners and things like that. Our deacons have been working very, very hard and they're doing a great job. And so just want you to know that. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house. This is great church because you're a great God and they're great people. Be with us as we get back this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.